When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight, the reigning, defending, 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 undisputed, universal, heavyweight champion, Wildcat Radio 2.0, bear down, you beautiful people. What's up, everybody? This is Wildcat Radio 2.0. I'm Adam Green. He's Brett Barry. And, yeah, we missed a week. Unfortunately, nothing important happened. Nothing big happened over the week that we didn't record, Brett. So, you know, it's almost like people probably didn't miss us at all, right? Yeah, like nothing happened. Nothing like major decommitments. Nothing like uh, triple overtime know, losses. Triple overtime losses with a new starting quarterback, maybe. You know, just <laughs> same old, same old. Yeah. <laughs> Well, here we are. We are back recording this week. And, of course, Arizona's coming off a 44-6 to victory over then number 19 Washington State. Um, we can, you know, it wasn't a surprise to me that they won. I had them beating Washington State on azdesertswarm.com in my predictions thing. I wasn't expecting to win by 38. But when you figure out what they were doing after the USC game, right? Like, I wasn't super-duper impressed after Washington because I never thought they had a chance to win that game. USC, they had a chance to win. And you could argue they probably should have won that game. And the question was, with Washington State, who wasn't as good as either of those opponents, was Arizona going to come out like, all right, we know we can beat these teams. We just got to play our game and we'll beat them. Or was it going to be like a the letdown? Like, man, we just came off these two closer games, especially triple overtime. We couldn't win that. And you just have that, you know. And I was curious what they would come out and look like. And the start of the Washington State game wasn't great. But the rest of it sure was. So, like, they came out looked, thinking like, they're a good football team. They wound up show it. Well, first off, everyone should give us our flowers. We've been picking the games pretty pretty well this season. Did you make a pick think, for the Washington State game? I didn't see anything. I did. I did on the Twitter thread when somebody was asking about it, and I did not. I I also picked Arizona to win. I did not imagine that mauling. Um, and I, I'm pretty sure I had Arizona losing by like three to USC. So I feel you had that one being closer than I did. Yes, for sure. Yeah. So I feel I'm going to, I'm just patting myself, inserting that to pat myself on the back. Sure. Why not? Um, yeah. And it's, you know, I was at the game and I also very, very important. I broke my streak of disaster road games that I travel to going back to the LSU game where Willie Tuitama was almost murdered the Hawaii game, the last like four games in Pullman, which I don't know if you recall some of those, but those were disasters both on the field. And they usually nighttime games around Thanksgiving ish, you know, like late or early November and they went yeah. poorly. And I think one of those was the one where they were down like 49 zero at half <laughs> and let the kick fall. Um, but yeah, that first drive, it was, Oh, boy, that doesn't make me feel good. And then they just locked them down, right? Yeah. Um, and I I mean, I thought Arizona would win. I would have not predicted a dominant win because I think Washington State's a decent team. Um, but once again, you know, Johnny Nansen and staff on, on the defensive side had a 
really good scheme uh, and approach uh, that's tailored to their plan, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they're taking advantage of, I, you know, I think it's time to really start talking about Arizona's corners as a thing that unlocks a lot of that flexibility in their defensive approach every game. Because having six three, six four corners that are really athletic that mm-hmm. can play zone. Well, Kyle Davis is really starting to emerge. Price like has been solid pretty much all season. If and if you have really good corners like Arizona was has been rushing three or four and getting pressure and that's where they're you know the the, the plan the, the plan is coming together and it feels like maybe you know I know you wrote a whole thing where it wasn't an inflection point for I think was the was it the Mississippi State game this might have been an inflection point kind of game on the road mm-hmm. in a tough environment to win at and even you know uh, after Washington State inexplicably went for two and in a dumb way that was trying to do a USC version of the, the Caleb Williams thing that Arizona was seemed more ready for. It's like, did you guys actually look at Arizona's film and assume that maybe they looked at this? It was all Arizona the rest of the way. And we spent so much time talking about the offense, right? Like, we went into this season saying, if Arizona's defense could just be okay with their offense, that's a bold team. The offense hasn't been what it used to be, and yet they're sitting at 4-3 and three right now because the defense apparently is for real. Right? Like, And I'm not saying, like, this. we said they're not desert, so I'm like, they're pretty damn good on that side of the ball even the games they've lost like they gave up 31 to washington that's not bad usc got to 43 in triple overtime so within regulation these have been good and obviously washington state was like wow just the way they locked them down in every way imagine we finally got some interceptions and it coincided with the offense being just efficient and good right fafita didn't throw or run any touchdowns but the running game was really good and fafita made the throws he had to make i mean he was completed 34, 43 passes, 342 yards in the game. Took one sack. I played a very, very good football game. But Arizona's running game, you know, Speedy Luke got a touchdown. Jonah Coleman had three. DJ Williams had one. Like, what a way to win. Uh, we've seen Arizona score points when they just run the ball. We saw it last year in the Territorial Cup, right? <laughs> but this was different. This is a dominant effort. Offense, defense, special teams. The legs which we haven't seen from Arizona, I'm trying to remember, against a good team. You know, never mind on the road, just against a good team. And, yeah, it inflection point, I don't know, but I think it told us a lot about this football team. Their mentality to do that after the previous two games, to go on the road and be like, you know what, whatever. Like, flush those games and not only think that you should have won those games, but no, prove it against the next opponent. Like, you think you're going to have to beat USC? Well, then go beat Washington State. And they did. And they didn't just beat them. They dominated them. I yeah. think I posted a thing on, on, on replying to somebody on Twitter at the game when I was like, it was like late in the third quarter or early in the fourth in Washington state. I mean, includes sacks and college, but it had negative rushing yards. Like that's, would you have ever thought that was feasible from an Arizona defense, you know, at this right. point compared to what it was last year? No, like, no, no, and it wasn't just and, a one-off and, game either. It wasn't just a fluke that they played a bad offense. No, like Washington state's got a pretty good offense. And even then, a bad offense usually does better against Arizona's defense. We've seen teams that can't move the ball, move the ball against Arizona. Not this year. And we wondered because earlier in the season when Arizona's defense was looking pretty good, right? NAU, they held a three points, but that's NAU. Mississippi State, 31 in overtime, but like their offense isn't as good as it had been. UTEP obviously only got 10. I think some of them came late in the game. Stanford scored 20, but it's like, okay. You know, what happens when they play real offenses, when they play good offenses? Not much worse. <laughs> Well, Washington got 31. USC at the end of regulation, I think, had 28, if I recall correctly. Is that is that right? Yeah. Um, and and uh, Mississippi State would have had 24 at the end of regulation, yeah. right? Like, like their defense and, is real. Like, it's a good and, defense. Well, and like Arizona's played now, 
the top two offenses in the Pac-12, clearly, um, in USC and Washington, and did better against them than everyone else that those teams have played. Like, USC was averaging 56 points a game going into that and had 28 at the end of regulation, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and Washington State's offense was clicking. I mean, they've got their own problems. Their O-line has challenges. Um, you know, there were some... They had the little... Uh, trick play uh, disasters that's usually something we see from Arizona and Jed Fish being too cute on the first interception of the season that I think Priceot caught. Um, but Arizona just flat out dominated. And you're see it's, it's, it's game, you know, I don't know if it's an inflection point, but like I said, it's, I feel like this is the point where like all the plan is coming together. Like the rotation guys on defense the the d line that they're fresh and they're getting pressure with three or four guys you know and it's a different guy every time whether it's deuce davis you know i say award chicken geica's had some really good games uh pie ties had you know has, has been has been good Get another taylor upshaw's you know i think taylor upshaw has more sacks than the whole team did last year <laughs> he's <laughs> got five and a half season. so far yeah um no, Arizona has like a defense that's doing things that good defenses do. The only thing they were missing was interceptions, and those can kind of be fluky, right? But yeah. it's kind of like this was a game where they put it all together. Where we wonder what would they do if the offense played well and the defense played well? This. And like this is that the best Arizona can look? Quite possibly. But it was plenty good. And you know, it's to your point, Brett, like it does seem like I don't know if it is the inflection point, but it was a very good prove it game. And as Arizona goes, and they're going to the bye week now, but as you look at the rest of the season, this victory, the way it happened, along with the previous body of work, makes you think that, yeah, they can win most some like There's not one game left on their schedule they can't win because we've seen it, what Arizona can do at their best. We've seen a defense that can play well. We've seen an offense that can be efficient and move the ball and score points. And if they have that, who's to say they can't beat Oregon State, UCLA, Colorado, Utah, or ASU, right? So that's, that's the change here. They were 3-3 three and three going into that game. And the question was, who would they be after? And I know three and three is kind of the technical midway point of the season. Here they're at their bye at four and three. And it's not just like a regular four and eight. It's four and three with a really good win setting into it. A very, very repeatable win because there's nothing about that game that seemed fluky. The defense has been that good. And the offense, especially since Fafita took over, has been a little bit more consistent. So, you know, it's there's still things to figure out, especially like who's going to be the quarterback. But I, I'm from everything Fish has been saying since that game, I'm thinking he's going with Fafita. He's definitely hedged a lot on Delora. It went from JDL as the quarterback when he's healthy to, I think I saw a quote from him today saying about how when if he's 100% healthy, whoever gives us the best chance to win is going to be the quarterback. That's a very different statement. And you know I was team Delora beforehand. I'm fine with whatever they do now. Like I'm still confident that Delora you can win with him. But if you go with Fafita, I could totally understand that. You can make the case that he's earned that job because he played well. He got better with every game. So if you think Arizona's offense has find, found its rhythm, found its groove, along with that defense, there's no one on the schedule left like that Arizona can't beat. Yeah, and as uh, Jed Fisher said, having two better quarterbacks is better than having none, which maybe he was referring to his first year. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, Fafita, I mean, once again, looked great. And, you know, people want to call him like the game manager, but he made some plays and i don't know i you know i i was there so it was maybe a different thing than it w- what it looked like on uh on the pac-12 network but like that one where like the guy like he like ducked under mm-hmm. and took advantage of a small size and did like a sidearm sling like he that's is not, the that's not, not a game manager no he's a good player that's not that wasn't a game manager throw that was like a gamer throw 
right? Yeah. Like that guy's that guy knows how to how to win, and he also knows where T Mac is and where to throw it. <laughs> you know, like if you're gonna have to keep one, that's a good person to throw to. But it wasn't like he was zeroing in on on T Mac or Cowing, even though they both had good games. He spread the ball around a little more, which you know JDL. Some of his problems has been staring down a couple of the guys, maybe. But... Oh yeah, no, Fafita played well. Like he got better from the Washington game. The Washington game, he was certainly more caretaker. Had the interception, and of course his interception against USC. It was bad. <laughs> it was it was not a good pick. Like Arizona was, I think, up seventeen nothing with the ball, kind of getting in closer to halftime, and all of a sudden, you know, you throw that interception. Like, wait a minute, you know, that just kind of. I don't say that's what cost them the game, but it changed things. And even then, the USC game, Arizona had eleven, seven, or eighteen, twenty-eight points in the regulation, and eight of those came on like that last drive where they were, you know, came back to tie it. It wasn't exactly a high-scoring game up until overtime for Arizona's offense against a not-so-good defense at USC. But Fafita was very good. He was Pac-12 freshman of the week. Sure. Washington State was different because you don't necessarily need your quarterback to throw five touchdowns to win. If, you're, if you can run the ball that well, then you need a quarterback who's going to make throws when he has to, move the ball, but otherwise don't mess up. Is that game manager? Yes, but high-level game manager. And I saw, some, I saw enough from Fafita to think that you can win with him. Like you can win because yeah. of him. He can make the throws that you need him to make. Now, if a the more he's out there, our team's going to have more film on him. I saw he's like one of the top like six against the blitz or something like that in passing. Like our team's going to approach him differently and find some weaknesses. Maybe that's how this works. But until that happens, Fafita through three games against three good teams, he performed very, very well, which was a testament to Jed Fish and his coaching staff, like the develop, like identifying talent, developing talent and all that. But just it's put Arizona in a really good position right now because I do think they have two quarterbacks. And with those two quarterbacks, I mean, maybe Delora would come back and with having watched the game from the sidelines for a few weeks, he kind of recenters himself, whatever he has been missing from this season that he had last season, he finds that. And you have a really good quarterback, a good veteran quarterback. Or you go with Fafita, the young guy, back, hey, the tide has changed, a new era, you know, it's Noah's team, and you go from there. But either way, I think Jed Fish has a good situation. Like, he's choosing a good quarterback, no matter what. Yeah, and, you know, the decision-making is, I think back to when, we had Rich Rod and BJ Danker, friend of the pod, who came on. Like BJ Danker, if you recall, he initially could, you know, I didn't trust him to throw a ball more than twenty yards downfield. I don't know if he could, but he could run. Like he's a guy that beat the crap out of Oregon mm-hmm. at Arizona Stadium by just knowing how to be a good decision maker and running the offense appropriately. And No Fafita has that ability, which I think is hard to scheme against because he he makes his reads effectively. He takes what the defense gives him and doesn't try to force it, which inherently makes it hard him hard to fluster, right? Mm-hmm. And to, to plan against. And that's what makes him extra dangerous because no matter what they throw at them, like kind of like Arizona confused Michael Penix with like, you know, dropping eight and leave, leaving the guys deep and taking away the deep plays, but he just took what Arizona gave him and they dink and dunk down the field and they won the game. You know, uh, Caleb Williams, they got a little flustered until they kind of figured out he was getting most, doing most of his damage running. Mm-hmm. But that's because he's also Caleb Williams. He's great. You know, Wasn't um, his last week so much against Notre Dame, but he's he's great. And so, like, teams are going to try to figure out what they can throw at Fafita to confuse him. But I think that's his biggest strength is he's not going to – he's not easily rattled or confused. He's really good at reading a defense. He's really good at making his reads. And he's got a lot of weapons defense. to get the ball to. Yeah. And, and you know – my God, the the offensive line, like Leaf Magnuson's been looking really good. Wendell Moe, I don't know if you've zeroed in on him when he's like pulling for a that guy weighs like three hundred sixty pounds. Have you watched him 
Cole is a lead, lead blocker. Can't say I've identified like just keyed in on him, but I know he's been playing really well. Like the line has been good, and that's where it comes with this team. Is like you kind of wonder what was the issue with the offense, and maybe it was just a quarterback. I'm not naive to that idea, but with the skill position talent they have. And maybe, you know, Jonah Coleman being the, getting the bulk of the cares at running back, haven't had Michael Wiley, who's a great all-around back, but Coleman just adds a whole other dimension. But everything seems to start to be coming together for them, and it's not a bad time to do it. You know, with that offense, if it's more like the offense we expected going into the season, with a defense that is leaps and bounds better than what we were anticipating, this is a good football team that's still got a few more wins left in it. And that's the exciting thing as they go forward, which you didn't necessarily know that a week ago. Right, it, it took a game like this against Washington State, where they put it all together and just dominated a good opponent on the road. To be like, okay, there's something, there's something good happening here. Like you hoped it was happening, but you weren't sure. Now I think it's more valid, like more verified. Like, yep, like they, this is a good football team. And are there choices to make, decisions to make for Jed Fish and that staff? Yes. And the quarterback decision, there's a lot that goes into it. Not only just play on the field, but what it does to the locker room, what it does to your recruiting, right? If you have a redshirt freshman who becomes your starting quarterback this season, how do the other quarterbacks that you're recruiting feel? Because now you feel like you might be at least a few years away from playing. But either way, that's what the coaches have to figure out. But it's a good problem. It's the problems that good football programs deal with all the time. Yeah, and I mean, I'm sure Jed Fish and staff are saying, you know, no, Fafita's listed at, what, five, nine, five, ten, maybe? Give or take, and yeah. And he's not that, let's be real. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know, he, look at what he's doing and, like, you, 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 I'm sure that they're going to these, you know, West Coast quarterbacks and being like, hey, you know, he's great, but you're six inches taller and can throw the ball 20 yards farther. Imagine what we could do with you running a pro-style offense yeah. that, you know, builds upon itself. Um, and also, you know, there was one of the reasons I do you think this might have been a turning point game was I think all Arizona fans thought there could be a big emotional letdown in this after the, you know, really good battling against I was worried two about really that. good teams. And instead and even after the first drive, you know, Arizona teams past would have wilted and and fallen apart. Um but they didn't. They came back, they dominated, and you know, having been there, they were they were having fun. Like Justin Flo, I don't know if you could see it on TV, he was having a the time of his life out there doing his like you know marvel like put his hand out like he's sending a curse on the the defender and just like bouncing around and when they were having the turnover sword they were getting you know they were they were having fun with being the villain on the road in a stunned road environment and that kind of confidence you know for a pretty young team you know that 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 can really build momentum on the season of course that Confidence with a young team can lead to overconfidence at hubris. That's why I think um, the bye week comes at a good time for them. Potentially, yeah. But, like, I mean, gosh, I would have thought that Justin Flo had a great game, and I think he did, but, like, I look at the stats and he had two tackles, right? <laughs> but, like, you look at how many guys registered a tackle on that defense, how many guys were getting rotated in, uh, you know, having Jeremy Mercier do the spy who hasn't mm-hmm. hardly played and did a really nice job in the game. You know, uh, A.J. Jones caught two passes. Kevin Green caught two passes. Malachi Riley caught a pass. Uh, MLC caught five passes. Like, you know, there, this is, it's it's like a confluence of everything coming together. And if if you build that momentum, it's a fun time to be an Arizona fan right now. For sure. It certainly seems that way. So, Brett, let's take a break. When we come back, we've seen, we think we know what we've seen from Arizona football. We've seen some really good things, but what are the numbers say? We're going to talk to Rob Bowen. Sharp College Football, the beta rank guy, give us his take on where Arizona is at the just over the midway point in the season.
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We're back. It's Wildcat Radio 2.0. We are joined by Rob Barron, Sharp College Football, the beta rank guy. Rob, we love having you on. Love the beta rank and how you have things going. But how you doing? I'm good. I mean, uh, I'm, I am an Arizona alum, and so uh, getting to watch Arizona be good, it almost feels, um, it almost feels like like it's like a, it's like I'm getting excited for an Arizona game rather than like sort of like dreading it. Uh, yeah, it's a weird <laughs> feeling, right? Like, right. it's not so much. I want to watch them to see if they can win. To like, I want to watch them because I think they will win, which is yeah. a whole different vibe. Really quick, like to start off here, like the week seven beta rank top 40, you have Arizona, like I say you, I mean, it's the beta rank, but has Arizona number 23. Like that's, that's pretty damn good for Arizona, especially given what they were and what they were expected to be, right? Uh, it's an incredible, I mean, look, I mean, it's all around improvement, but I mean, it's an, it, it is a remarkable improvement over where they were when Fish took over. Um, and even over where they were last year, which is last year, they were, uh, you know, in seventies and, and beta rank overall, which is a bad power five football team. They had a decent offense. Um, and one of the worst defenses in the power five last season, but even the special teams have significantly improved under fish. So, I mean, just to, to see them sort of like really on a roll and be able to put it together and take, uh, the tremendous strides, I think they've made really across the team overall, um been amazing i think one of the more remarkable jobs I, uh in college football i mean and I, I thought bruce feldman had a good point today because there was the um there was the award for uh like coach of the year and jed fish's name was left off it he said like there's someone missing from this list and it's jed fish wow hey, you know it, it's something because like we all saw the recruiting and the change in the roster but just because you get new players doesn't mean you're going to be good <laughs> yeah, like, there's always new players and teams are always in the portal, but Arizona seems to have done such a good job fishing them of identifying the right players, especially on defense this past season. But yeah, to like all of a sudden go from possibly the worst power five team in the country just a few years ago to, according to beta rank, you know, a top 25 one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like really, and, and, you know, real credit to fish and, 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 and staff, of course, I think they've done some really good job. I mean, like to your point, right? Like USC brought in a ton of guys in the portal. It hasn't done their defense any good right. <laughs> relatively speaking. Right. <laughs> Including some Arizona guys, some of the better guys <laughs> off of Arizona's, you know, defense from last season. Um, so I think if you are, I mean, if you're an Arizona fan, I mean, and I, I mean, I remember the bad days of like the end of the Rich Rod tenure where like basically like Khalil Tate is covering up for a multitude of sins, you know, like, I mean, if you remember that halftime of that like 2017 bowl game against Purdue and they're like, they show both teams walking towards the locker room and you're looking at these teams, you're like, Purdue is significantly taller and heavier with every person that passes by. Right. Um, and you know, Arizona needed a total roster rebuild and, and Kevin, someone certainly didn't deliver that. Um, but fish really has, um, and that to that be able to come in and do that kind of a turnaround, that kind of a rebuild. And, and it's not, it doesn't appear to just be, you know, a flash in the pan, you know, like the Arizona has built, I wouldn't say that they have like all the depth they probably want on, the lines yet 
but they've certainly built out more significant depth than they've had in a long time. I mean, the fact that you can have, you know, injuries at running back injuries at quarterback and have people be able to step in and like, not only not miss a beat, but play incredibly well. And you could argue in some cases better than the guys they were replacing. That's remarkable. Yeah. I mean, look at Arizona on offense. I was trying to tell people when I was at the game and, and I was actually at the game in Pullman, Rob, and it was, it was a fun time for me oh, yeah. uh, considering, <laughs> I've, considering I've been there for like the last four. And this one was a much more pleasant time and for multiple reasons, but it was like trying to explain to people, Mike, this is like Arizona's offense is missing three guys that were expected to start in the quarterback, running back and right guard and and, and Polito. Right. Yeah. And like, it's, it's a testament to what you're talking about on the, on, on the depth and on, especially on the lines. And like, I've been thinking like, I don't know a time in, in my adult life or Arizona fandom where I feel more confident about both, uh, both sides of the ball in the trenches than I do with this team. And that's not to say that they're elite, but there's, they seem to be solid and, enough you know everybody has frontline starters but not everybody has the ability to rotate guys in or fill in for gaps when there's injuries and i think that that might be one of the biggest factors would would you agree with that yeah yeah absolutely i mean like i uh, the one area i maybe have concern and this sounds like a weird one is like wide receiver right it's because they are so i mean they're really dependent on cowing and melon right um and they don't play i mean like mont on you know montana limonius craig is like i mean it's almost like a you get like a bingo if he catches the ball right because he's on the hey, field he, he doesn't he got five bingos against washington state I know, he he five <laughs> but he's he is often like I, I i will say too i do think that even though um i think fafita can get a little, little bit zeroed in on mcmillan sometimes um I do think that he at least distributes the ball around a little bit better. Um, but I, I like, they don't play. I mean, it's like fish almost runs it like the NFL. They don't rotate a lot of wide receiver. Like the guys just play. Um, but I've been remark. I mean, the, the progress that they made on the offensive line in particular, I think is really remarkable. Um, and then on defense, I mean, look, I mean, look, the, they were one of the worst defenses in the power. They got worse last year under Nansen in his first season. Um, than they were under Don Brown by a lot. And right now they're sitting at number 30 overall. Now that's an average power five defense, but to be an average power Arizona hasn't been an average power five defense since 2014. <laughs> so, well, it was a pretty good season. Right. And, but, I mean, that was, a lot, that's like nine years ago. Well, and that's so a numbers that's guy. Av- yes, it was nine years ago. Good job. Yeah. The math checks out. Yeah. Well, and, and that's, I was and that's, a lot younger then. Weren't we all? <laughs> approximately nine years younger. Um, well, and, and that's uh, going against the two top offenses, maybe even top three offenses the Pac-12 has to offer, right, on, on the defensive side. Because it's, it's been a revelation, I think, so far. And this, I think this Washington State game was kind of the prove-it game to see if what we thought we were seeing against Washington and USC and some of these other games was for real. Um, yeah. And so I, I do want to afford you the opportunity to uh, have a mea culpa for your aggressive Johnny Nansen slander last year when I said, maybe it's a small sample size, Mr. Rob numbers guy, Bowron. Um, and well, I mean, and, normally when a good DC comes in, he makes a difference nearly. I mean, a good coordinator makes a difference nearly immediately. Like, and I don't want to take it all away from Johnny Manson. Um, I think he's done a really good job this season. I think he's clearly learning some on the job. I do want to call out adding Dwayne Aquina to the staff mm-hmm. in an on, in an on field coaching role. Um, Arizona is going to get some corners drafted. 
they're going to get some guys in the secondary drafted because Akina sent guys to the NFL regularly throughout his career as a secondary coach. He's also the guy that came up with the desert swarm defense. And I think you can tell in the game planning that they had for Washington and they had for USC. He's not calling the plays. I think the game planning that they are coming in with is so much better this season. I think Nansen is being set up for success a lot better with having somebody as experienced and as smart as a Kina. Not to mention it helps that he's coached these guys up to the point where like Arizona can, they played a lot of man against USC. They played a lot of man against Washington. Like not a lot of teams do that. Now they also dropped a ton of guys into coverage, but like not a lot of teams do that. And Arizona did because they have so much confidence in Prysock and Davis, partly because they've, they've, they've made a big leap. And that's, yeah, that, that's going that. okay. to happen. To you. Go ahead, Brett. Sorry. Yeah, no, I was going to say, that's kind of where I was wanting to get your perspective on this. Cause like Adam and I were talking before you joined us of like those two guys at the corner spot really opened things up. And, you know, I think you looked at this roster and you see talent there, but you see guys that are maybe, you know, Justin Flo is a little bit one dimensional, but like yeah. two good corners go a long way. But I really want to dive into what you hit on with the game planning. Cause it's like on the defensive side of the ball, every game plan they've adjusted and it's confused the opponent more than I can. In, yeah. I don't know if I can ever recall at Arizona where the game plans were so effectively executed and where they're changing it up week to week. And yep. I, you know, I'm sure it's not all Nance. I'm sure Akina has a big, you know, good on Nance. Oh, no, there's, a, there's, I mean, like, uh, I, so I have been, a, I have been a member of the church of Dwayne Akina for like years of like, oh man, like even when Stanford's defenses stunk, he was still sending guys to the league as first or second rounders regularly. Like the guy can really coach. Um, and is one of the most respected guys. Like, I mean, in Arizona almost had him back years ago. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, under, I, I want to say it was under like Mike Stoops almost, maybe it was under Rich Rod, but like, and then he ended up going, you know, uh, he ended up going back to Texas. Was that it? Yeah. They almost had him back from Texas. So it must've right. been under Mike Stoops. Yeah. Um, but I mean like one of the most respected position coaches, defensive minds in all of college football. And again, like, I don't want to take away from Nansen. I just think Nansen is now being put in this tremendous situation where he can succeed because he's probably like, they're probably in the planning in the, in the defensive you know meeting room in the planning, like they are getting much more, like they're getting much better advice, I think overall. And that's awesome. Like getting Dwayne Aquino on staff, I think has made a world of difference. Having corners that you can trust to play man against Washington's guys against you. I mean, now USC's wide receivers somehow aren't all that good this season. I mean, I'm good. Dorian Singer made an interesting choice. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, if you're like, you should make that choice. He probably got paid a lot more money. Mm -hmm. And in theory, he was brought in to replace Addison. So, like, I'm sure that sounds great on paper. It just hasn't worked out in reality. Um, but the fact that the defense showed up and I think had, I don't think that they, they couldn't quite pull it off against Washington. I don't think that they had the pass rush quite there for Washington um, to really get to Penix. I thought they had the, I thought they had the coverage. I, they just Penix had enough time to still find the check down and that burned them because they were often in man and, and were often in, in making sure to take away the big play. And there's very little you can do sometimes against Caleb Williams, right? Like he is just, I mean, at this point he is dragging that USC team behind him. Um, and, some like I mean again like sometimes you're just going to get burned by the guy that's going to be the number one pick that's going to happen. <laughs> right? Caleb Williams dragging the dead carcass of Alex yeah. Rich in the USC defense. <laughs> oh, brutal! I mean, but the offense hasn't been as good this season for USC either. Like that's the shocker for me is like the offense is a step back, but 
but they're still a top 10 offense and Arizona had a great game plan for them. Um, and I think what, what I think I, I want to say in particular too, is the game plans really fit Arizona's personnel. Like, and that I think is like, I mean, like, cause lots of guys can come up with like, Oh yeah. Like, Oh, if they're doing that, this is what you need to do. Not a lot of guys can look exactly at what they have and come up with, Oh, this is what we can do to potentially slow them down. Right. And like the fact that they've been able to implement that, I mean, like, and look, I mean, I, I mean, I don't think Dwayne Aquino is going anywhere. Like, I mean, he, he, he wanted to come back to Tucson cause he liked Tucson 10 years ago, you know, under Mike Stoops, like he wanted to, I mean, it was more than 10 years ago, but like, I mean, he wanted to come back like, and he's getting on in his career. Like this is probably his last stop. Um, that's a great, situation to be in where you've got basically you know like a guy that can really be a mentor to the entire defensive staff there and again like i don't want to take away from nansen i just think nansen is now in a much better place to succeed because of what's going on around him um but also i mean like too i mean arizona's arizona's pass rush i wouldn't call it great but it's improved a lot um the coverage has helped but it's improved a lot flow man i mean i what I wish, like, I mean, what would have worked in that USC game is if you could trust Justin Flo to be a spy, right? Because he's got the wheels and the athleticism to maybe slow down Williams when he starts to extemporize. Um, but I just don't think you could trust him to, like, not bite. Um, I just don't, I just, like, I mean, I, I think he's, like, I think, like, I think Flo is going to have a huge game later in the season against Utah, because you can't throw the ball and he's a heat seeking <laughs> missile in the run game. Right. Um, you know, like I, I think there are going to be games, you know, this season that are going to be more tailored for his talent. Um, but he's a bit of liability and coverage, you know, like, and it's not from a lack of athleticism. I just, I, I don't know. Like, and I think this was his problem at Oregon. He just wasn't always playing on script. Well, that's, you know, in the rebuild and whatever, everything Arizona has done, like I know you have them in the top 20, like 30 in defense, 21 in offense right now. It takes time to go and get every position. Right. Players, right? Exactly. Like, so if what Arizona has done, it seems like they've done it with purpose to go get certain guys on defense who can fill certain roles. Like you said, tailor your defense to the players you have and be the best version of yourself. It certainly seems like Arizona has done that defensively. Offensively, it was almost, almost like the question mark earlier in the season. Like we went in thinking, if Arizona's team's going to be just average, they'll be great with their elite offense. The defense had been average, if not better than average, in a lot of games, and the offense had struggled. Now they're up to 21 in beta rank for offense. I don't know yep. where they were three weeks ago in beta rank. They were in the 40s. Okay, so the, is this they the regressed Fafita, from is this, where they were last season. Is this the, they certainly looked like they regressed on the field. Yeah. Is, is this the Fafita effect? Is it a Jonah Coleman effect? Is it a combination of things? Like, What's your read on just Arizona's offense, which seems to have kind of found its stride over the last few weeks? So here's like, so beta rank has a couple of different measures in there. One of which is there's, there's drive efficiency, there's explosive drives. Um, you know, there's, there's negative drives. So like explosive drives is what it sounds like. I mean, are you putting up really big plays and is that how you're finding the end zone? So last season, Arizona's D offense graded out at 33 overall. They were at number 10 overall in explosive drives. They put up a ton of big plays, sounds but they right. were number yeah, they were at number 110 in drive efficiency. They struggled to sustain drives to be able to put up points, right? Um, Delora is a is a big play guy. It is all or nothing, right? I mean, and sometimes less than nothing. Sometimes you're going to lose some yards. Sometimes you'll have some turnover. I mean, 
Uh, and I think what was what you have in the regression that we were showing for Arizona earlier, there were two really, really bad games. One of which was the Mississippi State game, which was the five turnovers. The other of which was the Stanford game. That Stanford game was horrible um, for Delora and that Arizona offense. They couldn't get anything going against a very, very bad defense. Um, and that I think like that one was the one was like really concerning what Fafita does. And, and right now, so they're sitting at, at 21 overall in beta rank on offense. They've definitely improved. They're still explosive. They're at number 14 overall in explosive drives, but they're up to 74 in drive efficiency, which is a huge improvement, even where they were last week. And, and beta rank it's time. There's a time decay built in. So I wait more recent games more than I do older games um, to try to catch stuff like this, where teams start to improve, start to figure things out, or teams start to lose the plot, or maybe they have an injury. Um, But Fafita, he keeps, I mean, he's got a higher completion percentage. He throws fewer picks. Um, He makes good decisions with the football, and he generally keeps the offense more on schedule, which allows you to sustain drives. And one of the big differences between excellent offenses and very good offenses or very good offenses and merely good offenses is not the ability to put up big plays. Lots of teams can put up big plays. It is sustaining drives. It's being able to continually execute, keep drives going, have good play calling, good execution to find points. Um, And Arizona, and I'm, I can't wait to see with more data what this looks like. I mean, I'm, I'm crossing, I'm crossing my fingers that we have put the, put the Jaden's the starter to bed at this point, (laughs) Like, but I I can't wait to see what this looks like with more data, because I do think Fafita makes this offense less of a one trick pony where it's all, I mean, cause like Delora can absolutely scramble around um, and buy time and hit a really, really big play. He can do that, but that was pretty much the offense last season. And now you've got a better offensive line. You don't need to rely on this. You have better. I mean, I think overall, even with singer gone, you have better skill position talent around, you know, around him, around the quarterback. You just, you need somebody that can really go out and execute. And Fafita seems to really do that. What well, that kind of hits on what I was Curious to know if you if you have any way of seeing this in the data, like when you're talking about explosive plays. Like, I think of no, you know, people think explosive plays, they think throw the ball deep. Yeah. But when Arizona has enough skill, position, talent, like you know, throwing a check down to Speedy Luke is, you know, that has the potential to be a 70 yard gain. Or I think the Washington State game, there's a really good drag route to Jonah Coleman on that like yeah. second play after they after Washington State scored and you got. 69 nice yards uh on a you know a, basically a triple pick play where they had the stanford yeah, defenders that was, running that was into beautiful each other. it was like it was like a it was like a fancy mesh right like, yeah it was <laughs> it was it was the world's slowest mesh that made jonah coleman be the most open he's ever been in his life and like yeah that's an explosive play in yards but it wasn't an explosive play in terms of depth of you know target right does right. does does your data have any ability to kind of capture that or have a proxy for like that skill position talent to try to like understand what drives those explosive plays uh it does not in the sense of like uh trying to figure out how you're generating explosive plays because there are teams that like i mean like in, but you can usually find this with like that uh, average depth of target right like and uh, and like also like how often teams are throwing deep and how let's say i mean arizona's throwing deep less than they were last year significantly you know according to you know some data i saw from pro football focus um but i i, I yeah i mean like the one of the things that is 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 true is like 
Fafita's not playing here. I mean, Delora can play hero ball, right? Sure. Like, I mean, and sometimes it really works. Um, but man, like scrambling around and then throwing up a 500 ball, like, I, I mean, it's like even that, like that highlight catch that McMillan had right against UTEP, right? Between two was, cover two guys. Yeah. 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 That, that was, that was a, a turnover. That, that play should, could have been easily, that's a high throw over the middle with a safety over the top. That's a bad throw. <laughs> like, I mean, now McMillan makes a spectacular catch that like covers all of that up, but that's a bad throw that shouldn't have been made. Right. And like, um, Fafita does a lot less of that. And it's not that he doesn't turn the ball over. I mean, like he's on pace, I think in theory to have like roughly an interception per game. So like, I mean, it's not as if he's like impervious to turnovers. He's also young and I think he might learn. Delora is what he is, right? Like he's, and that, that, but that's the other part I think for Arizona is like, look, Mississippi state's not good this year. Arizona should have won that game. Arizona should have boat raced Mississippi state. They were a lot better team. They turned the ball over five times. Like if you're fish, like I don't understand how you could potentially go back to Delora because he can he can lose you games you should win. That's the thing. Like that's the, like the scariest thing. Like yeah, he can do things that like maybe put you in a position to win some games you shouldn't. Um, but oh, buddy, like you can't like you can't have games like they had last year against Cal with him, right? Like you just you can't. Well, is this where? Arizona's talent level is to the point where you don't need the quarterback who can go do crazy things to winning the game. You instead need the quarterback who just does enough because you have such good talent around. Like the defense is good yeah. enough to keep teams to 30. You're not going to be giving up 45 points a game. Like you just need good quality offense and that's enough from the quarterback. You don't need hero ball. You just need a game manager. We're talking like they got thrown around for Fafita. Like, but you kind of need a game manager when you have these receivers, these running backs, these tight ends and a defense that's playing the way this one is. Yeah, and look, I mean, I think Fafita doesn't get enough credit, too. I mean, like, I think some of it's his size, right? And the, and the way we talk about him just executing the offense. Um, but when I when he was getting recruited and, you know, and he committed and signed with Arizona, um, I got a message from a guy I know who's a high school coach in Oregon who's friends with some guys on the Oregon staff, and everyone was raving about Fafita. They'd seen him in a camp. And he said the only knock on this guy is is height. That's it. Like he's got everything else you want, you know, in a quarterback and he can really play. Um, and I, and I think one of the things that like, I mean, look, I mean, the, it's just like, look, Jaden Delora's footwork is never going to get better. That's his problem. He doesn't have great footwork and it leads to bad and inaccurate throws. Sometimes the feet has got pretty good footwork, right? Like, I mean, I just, I don't, it's just never going to get better for, for Delora. And I, I'm not, like, I don't, I think I'm pretty sure that I think most Arizona fans have played pretty well. We're like, Nope, I'm ready. I'm ready to get off the roller coaster. Um, I'm, I, you know, I, I'm pretty, I'm, I'm really, I'm really high on Fafita. I think we've seen really good play. I think he's only going to continue to develop and get better as he gets more snaps under his belt and in live action. Well, Fish has a decision to make for sure. Anything else that we've left off? Like what are the numbers showing you? What do you think Arizona? Because Brett and I were saying that, especially coming off the Washington state game, which was on the heels of the previous two against you know USC and Washington, this looks like a team that can beat anyone who's left on their schedule. And that may not have been the case a week ago, but with as complete an effort as they had in was, you know, Washington State and Pullman, kind of makes you feel that way. Like, there's no one who's like, whoa, they don't have much of a chance in that game going forward. Is that kind of what the model says, what you're seeing? Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, Arizona right now is 
they're going to be they're going to be a slight underdog with Oregon State. Um, Oregon State significantly improved off of where they last or they were last year. Like, don't like the bees. Like, they, they don't seem to like blow you away when you watch them, but they're really competent and well coached. And like Jim Mahalchuk, their offensive line coach, who used to be at Arizona, is undoubtedly the best offensive line coach in the Pac-12. They're going to be able to run the ball well. This is another game where like this could be a Justin Flow game, right? Like, um, in there, you know, but they have a shot. I mean, they're Arizona right now in that game is you know, only about a four point underdog. I think the model, because it's got the Stanford game, because it's got the Mississippi state game in there still, I think it's underrating Arizona a bit. I think it's probably closer to like Oregon state by two. Um, That's a pure Arizona. That's a really good place. I've got Oregon state at number 12 overall in the country right now. Right. Um, UCLA, their defense has, this, this should be a fun game. Their defense has significantly improved. Their offense is, oddly enough, wandering in the desert under Chip Kelly right now. <laughs> so, um, And I think that they could really show up and rattle whoever that UCLA quarterback is in there. That's going to be a game that I think Fafita could really shine if he definitely has the job because um, that UCLA defense is legitimately a lot better. They hired a really good defensive coordinator. They have made even more strides than Arizona on defense. Um, that should be a really, really fun one to watch. I think um, they're a, they should be a double digit favorite over Colorado. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't yeah. disagree, but like where people were thinking and what they were talking, you know, as recently as a few weeks ago, that's right. kind of surprising. They're much more. I mean, Colorado has no depth, none, and and not a no defense to be found, you know, um, and a, and not a great offensive line. I mean, like I think Arizona's got the guys that they can cover um, in that game. There, Arizona is a in the model is a three point favorite over Utah right now. Um, wow. Yeah, Utah's offense is really bad. Still, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, but that is like Arizona's defense. Um, Arizona's defense has made significant strides like that. Like all, you're coming into that game and you're not going to see it this week. Cause like Utah's got USC's defense. So that like everybody has a bit of a get right game against USC's defense. Um, but like by the time we get to that one, the one, the one of course wild card with that one is that Cam, Cam rising comes back and plays this season that could open up that Utah offense, but that's still, even if it does, I think that's a close game. I think Arizona is within you know, like if the if Cam's rising is playing, I think it's within seven points. Um, and then they should be, I mean, almost a 20-point favorite right now over ASU. I mean, Arizona right now has the, the two extremely winnable games that if they don't turn the ball over multiple times, they should, they should be bowl eligible. Um, but I think if you go through the rest of the, the, the games that they have left on their schedule, those other three you should expect them to at least win at least one of those, right? Like they are, they are, you know, if you did the math, um, you would expect them to, because, you know, three of those, those three games are either close enough to toss ups where Arizona is a slight underdog or like the Utah game right now where they're a slight favorite. Um, you expect like, yeah, you may, I mean, they may get unlucky and lose all three, but you expect them to win at least one and then maybe two, right? If they catch a little luck, if Arizona finishes plus one on turnovers in any of those games, they're likely the winner. Wow. Speaking of turnovers, I was just imagining a game where JDL goes up against Dante Moore uh, and the first one to not throw an interception wins. 
No, there's, there's, you practically have an interception drinking. I don't drink anymore, but you could practically have like an interception drinking game in that game. I mean, it's like truly like Danton Lynn, the, the UCLA DC has made amazing strides with that defense. That defense is nasty. Yeah. Do, do you, you know, I think you kind of talked about this with the Oregon State matchup and, you know, we're all Mahalchik fans here too. Is this, is this going to, is this Oregon State matchup this, you know, after the bye, is this going to be a, a really telltale sign that might, you know, inform the models more than most just because they have a pretty solid defense. Their running game is great. We're going to really like see if Arizona can hold up against the best coached offensive line and, you know, game plan for DJU, which I don't think does is that hard to do, but if you can run the ball effectively, you know, that wins a lot of football games. I mean, Oregon State's defense right now sits at 33 overall. Um, I think Arizona is going to be able to come in and if they execute, put in some, put up some points against these guys. Um, the the offense for Oregon State is sneaky good. They're at 10 overall in beta rank right now. They run the ball really well, number eight overall in effective rush. Um, they don't have like the world's greatest wide receivers. Um, they're kind of small guys. And I think Arizona can play with, I mean, can, can legitimately shut down. I mean, the thing that makes this fascinating to me is you've got two guys in uh, Jonathan Smith and Brian Lindgren, their offensive coordinator, who I think are some of the best game planners in the business. And they've got two weeks to prepare. And now you've got like Dwayne Aquina and that Arizona defensive staff that's been putting together really good game plans also with two weeks to prepare, right? And I can't wait to see this game. Like this game is like suddenly, like I think one of the highlight games uh, within the com, you know, within the conference remaining for the season. Like it's kind of a sneaky game, you know, like it's not like a, um, you know, Oregon versus USC or something like that, like, you know, type highlight matchup. But like, this is one of the ones, if you're really paying attention to the Pac-12, it's suddenly one of the best games left on the calendar. What fun. What a good place to be if you're Arizona, right? Uh, like talented enough to beat up. these teams, right? I mean, it doesn't feel like it's a fluke this season. It's been the, you know, they're building towards this. But that Arizona's at this point right now in year three under Jed Fish with enough depth to survive some injuries and enough talent to be good, right? Like, that's, yeah. like, I, did you think, like, I'm surprised that, I guess I'm not surprised, that's not the way to phrase it, but just what we're talking or how we're talking about Arizona right now after seven games this season is a little unexpected, but it's a yeah. lot of fun. They're ahead of schedule. I mean, like I was expect. I mean, like, I mean, I, I sort of gave in my fit, you know, my head for fish, right? Like I gave him like almost an extra year zero. Cause like the, the, the thing in college football, right. Is like when you're doing a rebuild, it's like year one is lose big. Year two is lose small. Year three is like win small. Right. And then year four is win big. Um, and I sort of in my head, like, I mean, like they talk about like a year zero, like I definitely with Arizona is like, Oh, there's a year zero here. Like this is that roster was bad. Um, and I think that I, you know, and like I, but I almost felt like last year, even though they made huge strides on offense, um, I felt that like you know the defense might still be in the wilderness. And mm-hmm. the fact that they've been able to make such big strides, I mean, in special teams, which was like a constant, like Rich Rod wouldn't give a scholarship to any a punter or a kicker, no matter what. And um, they're number ten on special teams right now. The special teams are really good. I can't even remember the last time I thought that for Arizona. That's with Ostendorp not having a great season because they haven't been punting yeah. that much. They haven't needed them to be Well, great, I mean, so. like, special teams, like, the sneaky thing about special teams, everybody focuses on, like, punts and punt returns. It's like, it's, it's just making field goals, man. <laughs> like, college kickers are iffy. If you have a good college kicker, that's worth a lot of points. Yes. Yes, um, 
And they're like, I mean, and like I said, like the fact that they are right now, as we get to like, I mean, right now, if I took out the, I don't have enough data to just remove Stanford and Mississippi state and have like a good, really good read on the wildcats later on in the season, just for my own fun, I will do that. I will remove those two bad JDL games and see where they grade out. Um, but even as we get more data in, like it's going to like, they go out and have another good game against Oregon state. Like you're suddenly going to be, or, you know, like, or in particular, like if they have a good game on offense against UCLA, this offense is going to jump up in the ratings significantly. I don't know the D I mean, like the defense is like, be happy with where you're at, man. 30 overall, like that's all gravy. <laughs> like, yeah. And, and, and hope for next year that like, you know, you continue to see more improvement. Um, but the offense I think still has headroom like to, to improve over the season. Um, and I think even like with the bye week, Fafita getting more first. I mean, I'm just like I'm just assuming. Like I swear to I swear to God, if Jade Delora runs out to start against Oregon State, I'm just turning the TV off. <laughs> I'm going to be so irreconcilably mad. Um, but like I mean, if Fafita's got that much more experience, they've been able to implement maybe more of the game plan with him. Even like I'm pumped to see where this goes. Um, and you're looking at you know, a team that all of a sudden, like where I, I mean, like what we had last year, right. With like the singer transfer and kind bars transferring and Christian Roland Wallace transferring, right. Like a, a, a team that other teams came to come and pick over because they weren't going to get like, you know, maybe they, yes, they were in pad improved, but maybe people didn't feel like they were going to take that next step. Like I have more confidence that guys are going to stick around. And this roster is not going to have people coming knocking on the doors because people are going to feel like they're building something and they're investing. Like they can win right? in Arizona. They can go to the NFL yeah. from Arizona. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're going to have Jordan Morgan picked. And I kid you not, like, Prysock and Davis are going to, like, look, we're gonna maybe not be talking about, like, day one or two picks, but, like, they're going to get picked. There's like, NFL players on this roster. Them up. Yeah. There's absolutely I mean, NFL draft picks size. on this roster. Yeah. yeah. Um, and McMillan's going to get drafted in the first round. You know, that would have happened either way, wherever he went. Right. I mean, but still where he went, but like cowing is probably a second day pick. Right. Um, You know, like, and there's guy, I mean, like there's other, like the the fact that you're there with this roster is, I mean, and guys are going to like, I mean, the one, the only, like, it feels like the only negative news for Arizona has been like that, those two decommits. Right. And you're just like, like you guys, like, you couldn't have waited to see us just womp Washington State? Like, come on. <laughs> if only it was about wins and losses. Well, Rob Bowron, beta rank college football. You can find him on X at beta rank, beta underscore rank underscore FB. I assume the FB stands for football. Somebody else had, like, taken beta rank and, like, not even, like, they don't even tweet or they don't ever do anything. Like, I, I should have just offered him money for it or something. But, yeah, like. That's a normal thing to do. But we we appreciate your yeah, insight. Totally Obviously, normal. we're we're looking forward to the rest of the season along with you. You have the numbers to kind of give you some extra insight into what Arizona's doing. We see it with our eyes, but it's nice to know that it's all kind of validated in the numbers that hey, Arizona is better defensively. They're looking better offensively, and they're like good football team. So, like, not mad about that. Rank, rank Arizona. Like, I mean, if they if they beat Oregon State or play with them toe to toe, like. Right. I mean, they won't because, you know, like human beings care about wins and losses, but like, <laughs> like truly like a four and four Arizona that went toe to toe with Oregon State, like has a, has a like is going to be is going to continue to be ranked in the top 25 in beta rank. Well, eventually when beta rank is the official rankings of college football, 
then Arizona yeah. will be a top 25 team. Rob, thank you for your time. We'll catch up with you again down the road. Thanks. All right, and we come back a little bit more on Arizona football and, of course, basketball season starting, too. We're back. Thanks again to Rob Bowron from Beta Rank to give us that insight from the, what his numbers are showing for Arizona football because, yeah, I mean, Arizona has looked like a top 25 team the last couple of weeks at least, so it's good to see that his numbers. Beta Rank has Arizona in that place. Um, Brett, I guess the, what we did get to last week, one of the things we missed when we took a, a bye week a little bit early was some Arizona football recruiting news. Of course, obviously, Elijah Rushing decommitted from Arizona. Um, apparently, it wasn't a big surprise to people in the know. The statement, the decommitment statement was a little bit a little bit aggressive in certain places, but, you know, that's just this is college football, right? This is recruiting, and until someone signs, and even then, sometimes after, until they make it to campus and start playing for you, they're really not part of your team yet, part of your program. So be it. Yeah, and so first off, don't don't tweet at recruits. Yes. <laughs> um, just, just don't. Or even their parents. Like, just stop. Like, it, Arizona it, doesn't, yeah. doesn't have a right to any of these players. Like if they choose not no. to go to Arizona, that's they can do that. Now, now that's not to say I don't have my own opinions on this, but also it's you know my working theory that I think guys that commit, decommit, and flip, even guys that flip to Arizona, I inherently think that their hit rate drops because I it's just my longstanding thing. Whether it works out for Elijah Rushing or not, we'll see. I mean, yeah. he's still a talent. I think Arizona would benefit from him and Keona Wilhite. Um, I think it sounds like there's maybe more of a chance for Will Height to maybe recommit back to Arizona. Um, you know, so it's unfortunate. Um, it, <laughs> I think it could have been that the statement uh, for the decommitment was unfortunate and made it a little easier to say goodbye to the highest rated recruit in Arizona history from a fan's perspective. Yes. And I think from from Jed Fish kind of subtweeting at him in, in press conferences, uh, you know, talking about the ability to develop players, which was kind of, you know, kind of feisty, and and I I liked it um, from a coach. But sure, um, you know, you you move on. You look at Arizona's roster. You see the trending that they're doing, the development they're doing. Um, you know, it's it's going to be hard to compete with Oregon recruiting, especially in the age of NIL. And when Tosh Lupoi comes, and you know, he's a good recruiter for uh, a, a few reasons, not least of which is Oregon has you know uncle phil money um and that's you know it's a factor and arizona's just not going to compete with oregon if it if that's the biggest factor right right i think and, that's commonly known but the more but, you win at least that you teams can't throw that against you that you can't win you can't get developed you can't go to the nfl if you go to arizona so i mean it's recruiting yeah. like I, I have full confidence that especially with the transfer portal to that arizona's gonna be able to keep building quality rosters we've seen it so yeah you win some you lose some but you know that's college football well and in the time we were away arizona won some mm-hmm. uh you know, guys from the, the San Diego, Diego State, State commits, right? Yeah, Raheem I mean, Wright, how Stacey Bay, and there's those guys are. You like it when you flip others. You don't like it when others flip yours. Like that's just the nature of the game. Yeah, and you know, if there's one thing I think, you know, when we look at we, you know, we've talked about all the plan coming together. Arizona's been really good at identifying talent. Like even Bill Norton. Like mm-hmm. I think we were like, hey, a Georgia D lineman that actually saw the field might not be terrible. Um, but good. I think there was. There was, I think, there was still like you know uncertainty and skepticism, and like he's been great, right? Yeah. Uh, you know that the twenty twenty two class or whatever, like the, the hit rate in that class, not only the the top heavy stars like the T Max, like down to the low rated guys, like Wendell Moe is a is a hit, and like if you get, you know, eighty percent of your class as a contributor, year after year, you're gonna win a lot, lot, lot of football games, mm-hmm. um, and if you're proving you can develop them, and like you know. 
I was skeptical of Brendan Carroll when he was brought on and the, given the highest assistant coach salary, but, you know, I was wrong on that one. He's not only identified talent, but he's also developed them, and that O-line is, is, is moving in a really positive direction, and that's where I trust the staff. Certainly. So, yeah, whatever. Uh, men's basketball starts. They have their first exhibition Friday against Lewis Clark State, so by the time you listen to this, they might have already played that game. But, yeah, it's a, it's a fun time for Arizona athletics with football being stu- like super relevant right now, if not you know, the highlights, and now basketball season is also starting up. So it's hard to be upset with any of that. We'll have to do a basketball season preview probably in a couple of weeks or so. I don't know when the first uh, official game is, when the first uh, – well, I can find that out. Morgan State, November 6th. So before then, we'll have to do our basketball season preview, men's basketball and everything. But, yeah. What else? Do we need to talk about anything else, Brad? What are we missing? Well, I'm just Lewis, – Lewis Clark State hyphen it, not Lewis and Clark State. What is, what is that? <laughs> Saving characters. I guess. I mean – yeah, I was. I'm just googling it now. It's in Lewiston. I have a uh, some family that lives in Lewiston, so I've I've spent some time there. I've been in that airport. Um, Congrats! And their their you know gate. Of course, no Fafita um, got Pac-12 freshman of the week for a second time. Makes sense. He's been very good. Um, yeah. Uh, Zoom Zoom Diallo, a highly rated uh, guard prospect, is on campus. I think He's visiting as we record. Okay. Um, you know that's. You know, if you want some positive potential recruiting news, I mean, college basketball recruiting is maybe even more crazy than college football, but always a positive sign. Of course, Arizona did pick up another, like, more commitments, too, like, on their own. From We talked about the one they lost, but yeah, you mentioned a couple of the guys that were San Diego State. Kind of cry, Kamari Shemwell committed to Arizona from California. So things are happening. Things are always happening. And until they sign, though, none of it really counts. So better to have commitments than not, but at the same time, it's... You know, there's a little bit of time now between the first signing period is what, December? So we'll see. That's all. But otherwise, no, I think I think that about does it for our comeback show. We took a week off. Um, as always, you can find us on Spotify and on iTunes if you see us on iTunes. You know, subscribe to us on both. But if you're on iTunes, leave us a rating and a review. We'll read that review on the air. Brett, do we have any new reviews this week? We do not, unfortunately. Fair enough. Well, do that, people, and then we will read it. Um, of course, you can find us on the social medias, on the Twitter-ish machine, at Wildcat Radio AZ is the handle. I will sometimes do mailbags, but if you have a question for us, just send it over there, and we'll get to it on our next show. Whenever we do that next show, I guess we can't claim to be an every week thing when we miss a week. My fault, guys. My fault. But anyway, appreciate you listening. We appreciate Rob Bowen for coming on and sharing beta rank information with us. And whatever happens with Arizona Athletics, there's no football game this week, remember. It's the bye week, but basketball does start off exhibition game Friday night. We'll talk about all of the things in Arizona athletics next week. And until then, remember to bear down. Bear down.